Hello, everyone, and welcome to the February 17th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm David Jimenez, a partner with Floyd Scarin and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our weekly news. The Workers' Comp Appeals Board ruled that an employer has the right to an expedited hearing on MPN issues during the first 90 days of a claim. Here's what happened in the case of Kim versus BCD, Tofu House and Cypress Insurance Company. Kim filed an application alleging injury to her back and other parts while working as a waitress manager. The employer sent her a complete MPN package upon receipt of the claim. However, the next day, a letter was sent to the employee denying liability. Notwithstanding the denial letter, a delay notice was sent to applicant a few days later. The employer then selected a primary treating physician from the employer's medical provider network and scheduled an initial evaluation. But instead, applicant identified another non-NPN physician as her primary treating physician. As a result, the defendant filed a declaration of readiness to proceed for an expedited hearing to litigate the MPN issue. However, the expedited hearing did not go forward. The case was ordered off calendar because liability was not admitted that made the case ineligible for an expedited hearing. The employer filed a petition for removal which was granted in a panel decision of Kim versus BCD Tofu House and Cypress Insurance Company. The workers' compensation judge reasoned that Court Administrator Rule 10252 precluded an expedited hearing because defendant had not accepted any part of the claimed injury as compensable even though the 90-day period had not yet elapsed. But the WCAB found that the reasoning was incomplete because it did not consider the amendment of Labor Code Section 5502B2 by Senate Bill 863. The new law provides for an expedited hearing to address medical provider network questions. To the extent that Senate Bill 863 amendment to Section 5502B is inconsistent with Rule 10.252, the statutory provision prevails. Accordingly, the WCAB found that the judge erred when he decided not to proceed with the expedited hearing as requested by the defendant. A federal judge has ruled he's without authority to decide whether Sacramento County should continue workers' compensation payments to a former sheriff's deputy who survived a 2005 helicopter crash that killed two other deputies. Eric Henriksen, federal lawsuit claimed that county was not entitled to offset his $26 million recovery from the helicopter's manufacturer against his workers' compensation benefits. But... The federal judge ruled that there was no basis for the federal court's jurisdiction. Instead, the judge said the issue must be addressed by the California Workers' Compensation Appeals Board. The judge also ruled that there is nothing in the settlement documents with TurboMecca, the French company that manufactured the helicopter's engine, obligating the county to continue workers' compensation payments. TurboMecca paid Sacramento County $1.5 $5 million to resolve its suit over various damages alleged to have resulted from the crash. The incident ended Hendrickson's career in law enforcement. He was only 28 at the time and had been with the Sheriff's Department for eight years. 
He had collected $2 million in workers' compensation benefits before the county pulled the plug in May on the monthly payments and medical coverage. Los Angeles city officials wanted to make sure the city's trash truck drivers would not get caught sleeping in their trucks. A site sure to enrage taxpayers or possibly attract a TV news camera. So they laid down a set of break time rules prohibiting naps and placing other restrictions on where and how drivers could have lunch. But these rules have the city facing a $26 million legal payout to more than 1,000 trash truck drivers who said they were improperly barred from catching a few winks during their 30-minute meal break. The city council moved ahead with the payout, designed to end an eight-year-old class action lawsuit. The drivers would receive an average of $15,000 each in back pay. Their attorneys argued that they effectively were required to remain on duty, but not paid during nine years of meal breaks. In addition to banning naps, the city also prohibited drivers from congregating in large groups or traveling to locations away from their pickup routes during lunch breaks. Those rules were abandoned last summer. City law lawyers warned they might have to pay as much as $40 million if the court battle over the driver's work rules continued. A state appeals court panel has already sided with the drivers, and some lawmakers expressed outrage at the rulings, saying the work rules had a legitimate purpose. City officials said the contested work rules were intended to guard the public image of the trash collection service and enhance safety. The work rule dispute dates back to 2006, when trash truck driver Jose Gravina filed a lawsuit alleging he was routinely denied meal breaks owed after five hours of work. His case received class action status in 2011, the same year he retired. After losing at the trial court level, city lawyers appealed unsuccessfully, arguing state meal break regulations do not apply to employees of cities like Los Angeles. And now our fraud report. 31-year-old Daniel John C. Fuentes pled guilty to one felony count of workers' compensation fraud. C. Fuentes had been employed by the Metropolitan Transit District as a bus driver. An investigation revealed that C. Fuentes went to see his physician, complaining of a back injury he received while working out in a gym. Then, three days later, he filed a claim with MTD, stating that he injured his back on the job instead. Cifuentes again lied about his pre-existing back injury during his deposition. He also told co-workers that he disliked the MTD and was going to get even with them. Cifuentes received about $5,000 in disability payments as well as about $3,000 in medical benefits before the fraud was discovered and benefits were terminated. He was charged with two counts of felony workers' compensation fraud, two counts of insurance fraud, and one count of perjury last July. And in regulatory news, the new independent medical review and independent bill review regulations have received final approval. Both sets of regulations are effective immediately. But any version of the IMR application form 10.2 may still be used until March 1st, 2014. 
The final IMR regulations include revisions to the application form and improved instructions. The new regulations make provisions for penalties to be assessed against the claims administrator for failure to timely produce medical records. The final IBR regulations include revisions to the forms used by providers to request a second bill review and IBR. There was now limitations on the consolidation of separate IBR requests to only 20 requests. And in medical news, industry experts claim that Obamacare will cause an increase in the cost of medical care for auto accident patients, more subrogation liens from health insurers, and the potential for delayed treatment in workers' compensation claims. A traveler's insurance white paper projects a 15% increase in demand for a fixed supply of healthcare services. San Diego-based Mitchell International predicts that the increase in population joining the healthcare system could impede patients from getting care as quickly as they do today. For auto injuries in particular, patients will flock to emergency rooms because they won't be able to get in to see their primary care physician. Another prediction, according to the Mitchell, is that subrogation is going to become an even bigger deal as more patients become insured. Healthcare insurance insurers are going to want reimbursement from their property casualty insurers after automobile and workers' compensation claims are filed. One consultant at a recent industry meeting noted that greater access to healthcare could lower costs and workers' compensation if it created a healthier workplace. On the flip side, if there was a provider shortage or delayed treatment, it could increase costs. Reducing access to primary physicians could have a significant impact on workers' compensation. A new study confirms that those who file claims for accidents tend to have worse long-term health than those who do not. The study says that claims stress often comes from confusion about the process, delays, and related medical assessments. Those who were most stressed by filing a claim tended to have higher levels of disability years later. Researchers polled a random selection of more than 1,000 patients hospitalized for injuries. Six years later, 332 of the patients who had filed for workers' compensation or another accident claimed told the researchers how stressful the process had been. A third of the claimants reported high stress from understanding the claims process, and another third were stressed by delays in that process. A slightly smaller proportion said repeated medical evaluations and concern for the amount of money they would receive were also sources of stress. The researchers reported in JAMA Psychiatry that people with the most stress tended to score higher on a disability scale and have higher levels of anxiety and depression and lower quality of life. Researchers were surprised by the size of the compensation effects on outcomes like level of disability and quality of life. This study joins many others that show that rate of mental health problems among people who are injured is astonishingly high. Medical systems are excellent at treating physical injuries, but not as good at, treat, at treating mental conditions. The authors suggest that compensation schemes could be redesigned to get the process over with quicker 
and make it easier for patients to understand, which could alleviate some sources of stress. Studies, such as this one, may be a basis to seek apportionment of permanent disability based upon causation. New Labor Code Section 4663 Subdivision A and 4664 Subdivision A eliminate the bar against apportionment based on pathology and asymptomatic causes. Thus, under the post-Senate Bill 899 Workers' Compensation System, the employer shall only be liable for the percentage of permanent disability directly caused by the injury. Creative trial work coupled with a comprehensive forensic presentation may accomplish a persuasive argument to apportion away the effects of stress from the disability after a physical industrial injury. Despite efforts by the Obama administration to ease shortages of critical drugs, shortfalls have persisted forcing doctors to resort to rationing in some cases or to scramble for alternatives. At the end of the day, this will translate to increases in medical costs for payment systems, including workers' compensation. These drug shortages have become an all but permanent part of the American medical landscape. The number of annual shortages, both new and continuing ones, nearly tripled from 2007 to 2012. The most common shortages are for generic versions of sterile injectable drugs, partly because factories that make them are aging and, and prone to quality problems, causing temporary closings of production lines or even entire factories. Narrow profit margins are making some drug companies reluctant to invest in fixing old production facilities. Changes in Medicare reimbursement and the role of group purchasing organizations which by drugs on behalf of hospitals could also be contributing by further reducing prices. And the FDA is now preventing many more shortages now than in the past 154 potential shortages in 2012 compared with just 35 in 2010. But that the number of shortages has continued to grow. The FDA said in a statement that it is committed to the prevention of new drug shortages and the resolution of ongoing drug shortages, which remain a significant public health issue in the United States. And in financial news, severe budget cutbacks have put the California Superior Court system on life support. The Sacramento County Superior Court had a 23% budget cut over the last five years. With 230 of 800 employees gone, the pain is acute in every aspect of court operations. 25 court counter windows have closed. Courts remain open, but the wheels of justice grind so slowly that a lot of people have given up. Statewide civil filings dropped 43% over the last three years. And in Sacramento, the queue at family court can take seven hours. Small claims courts are on life support if they operate at all. And getting a trial date is not a guarantee there will be courtroom available on that day. Some local trials have been continued to a later date multiple times for months at a time. Because the federal constitution gives priority to criminal cases, state budget cuts have disproportionately affected civil courts where most business cases are filed. 
A 10% cut in court funding translates to a 40 to 50% cut in access to justice in civil cases because that's the only place to cut. California has the largest judicial system of any state and it has suffered the deepest financial reduction of any state. Statewide, the judicial branch has undergone $1 billion in cuts over the last six years. 51 courthouses and 205 courtrooms have closed. After five years of court cuts, there is no fat left in the system. Governor, Governor Jerry Brown's proposed state budget includes $100 million for trial court operations and $5 million to support the state judiciary. Workers' compensation and commercial auto risk saw the steepest insurance industry rate increases in January at more than a 4% increase compared to the same month in 2013. But the commercial lines market overall continued its moderating trend. 2013 began with a composite rate increase of about 5%, which moderated slightly in July and ended up at 3% at year end. Both workers' compensation and commercial auto saw 4% rate increases. Commercial property, business interruption, professional liability, and DNO rates were up 2%. Small accounts saw the steepest rate in increases at 4%. Medium accounts were up 3%. Large accounts were up 2%. And jumbo accounts were up 1%. Well, that's all of our news and events for this week. Please check out our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm David Jimenez, a partner with Floyd Scarrett and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. And drop by again next week for more news.